0: and welcome to Work Culture Consultant's podcast, a show where I interview CEOs with proven successful work cultures and dive deep into how they achieved a healthy work environment for their people that in turn benefited their bottom line. Hi everyone, welcome to Work Culture Consulting podcast. I'm here with Andy Wilson, CEO of Quiet Professionals and we are here in Tampa and I'm just super happy to do this. You guys know this is a first for me in actually filming so I'm really excited about this. Uh, however, I wanted Andy to kind of introduce his business, and he's really amazing, so.
1: All right, Brittany, thank you very much. First of all, thanks for coming. It's funny because um, as you, guys probably know Brittany's based in in Vegas and so this morning actually she came in I was watching her from the camera and it was very early this morning and I get in very early thankfully so uh, I think it was like 7 30 and I saw somebody walking around in the lobby and I'm thinking who is this lady uh, that looks like she's from a very sunny state and she's very happy and um, anyway so I, I found Brittany and we figured out that there was a I think, a three-hour difference in the the planning of time (laughs) I think we had on the schedule for 10.30. So it was pretty funny. So that's how the morning started, which was was awesome. So we got a a wonderful chance to know each other. Um, I got a chance to tell Brittany about uh, my history, a little bit about it anyway. There's a lot, I think, uh, um, to it. So for me in this business space, um, you know, I did... I grew up in Maine, I I dropped out of school early uh, when I was in my teens, and I joined the military at 17. Worked my way through the military and eventually retired as a sergeant major out of Special Operations Command. And however, serial entrepreneur at heart. So, you know, my, my idea for business was to create something that emulated a space that I actually came from in the military. It was a special mission unit that I worked for um, up at Fort Bragg, but the culture there was was very unique, and so it's interesting that you come in this morning, Brittany, and we, we talked about culture. The culture in this particular unit was different than any place that I've seen anywhere else uh, in the military, for sure, and now that I've been in the commercial space, it certainly was different um, culture than what I see here. Different mission set, uh, but however, same kind of base foundation, base fundamentals when it comes to people and, and what you want a culture to be, and in terms of um, being successful and inspiring others to do great things. That culture, though, however, you know, there were operators there, and, and we looked at the operators as kind of the tip of the spear. And then there were direct support folks, and those 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 are the people that had extraordinary jobs that were very, uh, very difficult, that were actually out there on the front lines with the operators doing um very similar mission sets that the operators were doing and enabling them to do uh, the amazing things that they did and then behind that even was another layer and those were the people that were um, supporting the foundation as a whole so from your cooks to your finance folks to the people that were in the HR department and to a person every one of them was evaluated and selected to get that position they had to volunteer typically you're volunteering three times before you even get to that level and they say at that place, selection's an ongoing process. And so it's very difficult to work in an environment like that, but at the same time, it's extremely rewarding. Some of the meaning meaningless things to you that you would have to worry about, like your uniform and, and having a DA photo done, and those things were always something that operational people didn't like to do much of. Well, in this place, and you always had to do it by yourself, of course, get your uniform ready, all of those things. In this particular unit, I remember walking up to the S1 shop and um, early on when I had first gotten there, I didn't really know anybody, um, but I was an operational type person, and so I walked in and this guy came up to me in uniform, and I was in shorts and a a t-shirt out in my range uniform, and I walked in and the guy looked at me and he said, Andy, how are you? How's your wife Cindy doing? How are the kids? And I was like... Um, good. I wasn't sure who he was. And he said, come over here. I've got your uniform ready for you. I've got all your ribbons put on. You, you, you were missing one. And you got one over here, but we fixed them. It's all straight. Is there anything else that I can do for you? How's everybody treating you? And I cannot tell you how that made me feel. Because I knew I was on a timeline. I had to get up there. I had to get this DA photo done and I had to get back out to the range and and training was extremely important and critical and I thought I'm never going to have enough time to do this. I walked in there, I walked out like two minutes later and you want to talk about customer service? I was the happiest guy and right back on the range. It was amazing. But that particular moment in time stuck with me now. There were many, many more moments like that at this particular place. Like I said, very daunting and very rewarding at the same time. I wanted to create an environment that was similar to that. I also wanted to create an environment that there were opportunities for people to move into spaces that they felt good in, that they loved, that they loved to come to work, that they loved to be there, and that they loved what they did. And that their job was something that actually suited them. The way that I look at people is everybody has something that they're good at. Some people have a lot of things that they're good at. Some people are extremely good at a few things. And as a as a leader, it's important to recognize what those things are, find out what makes a person tick, what they really like, and then put them in a position to where they can actually do those things that they excel at and what you find is that that is so rewarding for that person not only for that person but if they're going to find success there because they like it but then also obviously in the organization if you can do that with everybody in an organization think about how successful you are and how important and how powerful that organization is essentially that's culture and that's what i've tried to create here at quiet professionals and all the other businesses that we have surrounding this organization
0: and Proof in the pudding, like as soon as I walked here and a lot of my LinkedIn community knows this, I'm all about um, how how things vibe with me and what I feel with people and or business. As soon as I walked into this beautiful building, it just felt really good. And then when I came in here, you just are a very genuine person. And then you actually toured me around your building, beautiful, (laughs) and there's just so many people here that no matter each section you go into, everyone felt happy. And that's a really big deal to me. Uh, War culture is important, like there's people laughing and one of the other things, and when you walked in they didn't get all like, They were just, they continued to laugh. And clearly you've set that tone that you want people to be happy. So I just want to commend you for that because uh, not everyone can have leadership uh, in that way. And we talked about leadership offline. Right uh, before this and you were saying it's not so much about leadership just influence can you talk more about that because that really helps. yeah i,
1: I will in, yeah i say that we were talking but yeah, i was talking about um as you reach inflection points in a business you grow to a certain size a, a business that is constantly growing and evolving it causes all kinds of um, complexities and sometimes problems but i don't look at them as problems i just I look at them as as opportunities to find new solutions um, I think that it, it's in a culture when you put somebody in different positions and they get comfortable in those positions and then they might find that they, they enjoy leadership. They enjoy having people report to them. They enjoy getting to a position where they have even more people reporting to them. And I think sometimes that, that uh, opportunity to lead... Then put somebody into a different mindset, that person into a different mindset, to where they're focused on that and they get more complacent and they get more concerned about how many people they have working for them or what they're actually doing for them than they do about the actual job that they're doing or the ability to allow these people to excel at the things that they're doing themselves. What I always tell everybody is the most important thing, the best thing you can do to prove to me or to anybody else, even yourself, that you are the best person for the job is to inspire those that are working with you to be better than you and to do your job, to get to the point where they're taking over your job. Because if you can get to the point where you've promoted from within, inspired from within for the people that are working for you to then take over your position, you've been the most successful person that there ever could be at that particular job that you're working in. That then frees you up to do your next piece, and I think that some people forget that, and they get in their mindsets they feel as though um, you know if they if they get moved out of a position out of a leadership position and then in, moved into another position, maybe they maybe they used to have twenty five people reporting to them now they have none or they have five that in their minds uh, you know I've done something wrong or you've just you you're doing something, you're punishing me, you're taking my leadership ability away. Totally the wrong way to look at it. Leadership doesn't have, it does, it it has a lot to do with the folks that are working for you and how they feel about you. But even if those people are not reporting to you and all of you out there in the audience, I know you know this, even from another business, another company, if you want someone to do something for you, it doesn't have anything to do as to whether or not they think that they have to do that in order to keep their job or in order to get their pay. If you want someone to do something for you, if you are truly inspirational, they're going to do that for you inherently anyway. And the reason is because you're inspiring them. You're inspiring them. They want to be like you. They want to, they want to find the success that you have found. You have charismatic... Qualities, charismatic traits that draw people and attract people towards you, and they see you being successful, they like your energy. Brittany talked about the energy, and you can feel happiness. You can feel the success. You can feel that we're having fun. That's the element you want to create. When you can create that, you can inspire people. When you talk to them in a certain way and they feel great, that is what true leadership is. It doesn't have anything to do with whether or not somebody reports to you or not. And it's funny because I was talking to um, a company we recently acquired. The founder's name is Buddy Jericho of Echo Analytics Group. And I was talking to him, I think it was him anyway, the other day. And we're talking about overseas culture. Or maybe it was another uh, gentleman, Doug Orman, that just just came in here, uh, who's a very powerful creature himself, a former special forces guy. We were talking about overseas when we're talking with some of the tribal leaders and Taliban uh, some of the other folks in, that we've had to deal with and they have a term called WASTA and Brittany, I don't know if you've heard that term when you were over in Afghanistan but WASTA is, is basically what we're talking about here with um, inspiration, power, leadership, wisdom, people following you kind of all wrapped into one and that's kind of what WASTA means you have WASTA you walk into a room and everybody around automatically feels this movement, this force, and that's called wasta. And it's, it's actually an energy, but the wasta is that you command with a big stick, only you don't need a stick. You command that just with your presence. So some people would see that as like heads of states or kings or queens, they walk into a place, and you don't even have to know who they are. You just sense it. You feel it, and you see other people around you are the same way. That's called WASTA, and I equate that directly to what you were just talking about. That's true leadership. Absolutely. I mean,
0: it's giving me chills over here. Stop. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, it's beautiful, though. It's true. Like Most of the leaders that I had in the military that, um, that were not managers, they were true leaders, they inspired me so much that they commended rooms. They, I gravitated towards them continuously and like, like we mentioned offline too that, you know, they wanted me to be successful. They wanted me to take their place and that's where a lot of people fail, I feel like, in terms of leadership or culture is that they're not understanding that you, you want to put someone in that position to, so that you can go but you genuinely want success for other people and that comes from a genuine place that, that not everyone has so it, you know it's appreciated since you have such a, a, a big uh, portfolio of businesses is there a lot of each everyone has like microcultures, and now oh. you know and they're under you so it's like this big umbrella but would you say there's you know a macro culture um that has influenced the microcultures?
1: cultures such a awesome question because you get me thinking about things that I have to be concerned with. Um, it's funny. So that brings it into a bigger story. But <clears throat> I was telling Brittany earlier, so I've, I figured out about a year and a half ago that in order to grow to my big, audacious, hairy goal that I have of reaching a billion dollars in revenue in seven years, it the only way that I could do that possibly is not just growth organically, but growth through acquisition of other businesses. So we just started down that path about a year and a half ago and did the first software company purchase, which was just a single gentleman. And that company has now grown. We have 20 folks that are, that are working within that company now. And then the most recent company, Ecuador Analytics Group, um, they had seven folks. We're, we're growing that. Um, I think we're, we're just over 12 now. We've got requisitions out for another eight. We'll be at 30, I think, uh, overhead people by the end of the year with Echo Analytics Group. I've talked to other business owners, I've seen other large businesses acquire larger businesses. Mine are kind of like micro acquisitions right now, but I've seen those larger ones in the past and I see one of the most important things is, is the culture of the two businesses and that's a big consideration for the heads of the folks that are managing these acquisitions. That's one of the big things that we look at is does the culture fit? Does the culture fit with our culture? Here's what I'll tell you. My thought was, it's not just the culture; it is. It's the integration, it's the merger of those two entities from the administrative side to the leadership side, and how are are those how are those nuances, those complexities going to work uh, with your with your various different levels within the organizations as they merge together? How do your systems tie together? How do your processes and your people tie together? And that all drives what part of the culture is because. If those things get messed up, you can really start a rocky road in what once was a great culture now can, can become messed up, whether it's the gaining organization or whether it's the acquiring organization, or the gaining organization being the acquiring organization or the organization that's getting acquired. And I've seen this in some of the big businesses, and I always saw, you know, like um, and I, won't, I don't want to say the names of any companies, but let's just say there's some bigger companies that have bought some other decent sized companies. And you hear rapidly, in companies like mine say, okay, now I can start looking at what people are going to fall off from the company that just got acquired. And then we can take those great people and, and bring them into our culture. That's how I look from the outside. And the reason that I used to look at that, because inherently I knew that once they started integrating, the, the people that were being acquired, the, the acquired organization, the culture that they started, it, it, there was a mismatch. And we knew they would all start complaining about Man, there's such a bureaucratic... It used to be so streamlined. We could get decisions made like that. Now it takes forever. There's a bureaucratic process. It's got to go through a committee. You've got all these problems. And it causes dissent amongst the folks that are within the organization. And so what you see is a lot of people jumping ship and it changes. And so a lot of times with the mergers that happen, you know, after the first couple of years, that... They look back and they say that was an unsuccessful merger. And I believe the reason because of that is, is primarily stems from culture, and the culture changes because of those problem sets that they have. So it's so funny because, naively, as with everything else that I learned the first time in business, my thought was I'm going to sit back and it's going to be no problem when we do this because, number one, they're micro businesses, and number two, inherently, I already know this and I'm smarter than that. So, therefore, we're gonna anticipate this and it's gonna be an easy transition. Everybody's gonna get along, cultures are gonna merge perfectly, and our systems and processes are gonna be very smooth. And I brought this up in one of our integration meetings the other day because I have got these, these three companies now total, you know, the, the acquired Professionals, Echo Analytics, and Scion Analytics. <clears throat> and so all the, the heads are sitting in there in the leadership and we're talking and I, I laughed about it because I'm like, we're going through these, these growing pains of integration and trying to mix the systems and the processes and this part of what we were trying to iron out. So that's the biggest piece is number one, realizing that that is there. Number two, realizing that everybody's doing things for a reason. Sometimes if it's not broke, you don't fix it in one way. In another way, when, a, when an organization is larger and they acquire a smaller organization, there are bureaucratic things that, that have to change. And the reason is because there's um, legal aspects of that, there are compliance aspects of that that have to be met in, in the organization because the organization is bigger. These things have to be done. So the organization has jumped up two levels from where they would have been in their normal growth process. And so then it's just a matter of conveying that information to not only the leadership, but the rest of the people that are in the organization. And that really is the key of refining that culture portion to where we can smooth it out, is really it's communication. And it's not just communication, but it's communication by people that understand that there are feelings and concerns within the other organization or the other people that you're dealing with and you have to understand that everybody's human and everybody operates a little differently. And so it's very important to put that information and that messaging out to the leadership that the leadership understands that they have to put that messaging out to their subordinates or the people that work within their group and that they come up with solutions together and that everybody's informed of what these complexities are and why we have to move forward in the same direction.
0: Yes, (laughs) I mean, I've in my schooling I found out that 80% 80% of mergers fail. And a lot of it has to do, because this is from an industrial organizational psychology standpoint, it's the people merging. Because they get so focused on the processes and everything else that they're acquiring, they don't focus on the people. And that's where it all goes to hell in the handbasket, ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs> so um, you obviously can stick Yeah, to Brittany, there. and I'll say that the, the, the reason that a company would acquire another company is really because of the people. You might say it's because of a product or something they offer that's unique and all that, but the reason that they do that, how they came to that position in life as a company, is because of the people that are there. And so the last thing you want to do is to lose those extremely valuable people, because people are what make up a culture. Culture is what makes up an organization, and an organization's success is really based on the people.
0: Hope y'all are listening real good. <laughs> Um, One of the last questions I like to ask every CEO is having a good work culture, what problem does that solve?
1: Um, Having a good work culture solves almost every problem that a company could have except for the coffee. You got to have coffee. (laughs) You got to have caffeine. Caffeine keeps that work culture going. And it makes people happy. So if you don't have coffee in your work culture. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> we can help with that. Call me, email me. I will, I will give you some tips. And, and What was that coffee? So we have the Boosted Beans coffee, but we won't sell that. That's our own branded coffee. But we also just, just purchased uh, a subscription with a company called Coffee Made. I haven't shown you that yet. That was something I wanted to show you after. Uh, but Coffee Made, um, they actually deliver ice brew or nitro brew coffee in a kegerator, and they, they bring new kegs uh, every week, depending on how much you go through. I thought we would do one keg a week. We'd try it. No. So we're we're already at <laughs> two kegs, and I think we're almost at two kegs like... I think we're at a keg a day now, so I think that's getting pushed up. We'll, we'll see. The costs are getting crazy, but <laughs> but production is going insane. Like everybody's going 100 <laughs> miles an hour. It's insane. It's crazy. Right? So.
0: Caffeine and people, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Outstanding. Is there anything that else that you would like to talk about? I mean, you have so much knowledge, and I super appreciate it. You know being
1: what I love? Here's what I want to talk about just for the last closing remarks. First of all, I want to say thank you to Brittany for coming all the way out here from Vegas. First thing in the morning, being <laughs> off on the three hours. Thank goodness I come into <laughs> the office early. Uh, but as people like you, uh, Air Force veteran, got out, got the entrepreneur spirit, you're working your way through, you're working your day job, you're doing this on the side. Man, I love that. I mean, if if I was even your first interview and in starting this, I would wholeheartedly have taken you on and have you down here to see you already having success. I think you're going to be ridiculously successful. I love to see that. I love to see the drive. And so people like me appreciate people like you for what you do. Um, and I think you're going to add tremendous value. And, And always keep those core values that you have that you that you bring to the table. I know after our discussions this morning, you have that you have that entrepreneurial spirit, that heart, the person that's sitting over there behind that camera. She's the same way. I love that. I love that feeling. So uh, keep inspiring us.
0: I really want to thank everyone for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Subscribe and stay tuned for more thought provoking content. If you'd like to check out my website, workcultureconsultant.com, feel free to leave feedback and send ideas for the show. Thanks again, and I'll talk to your faces later.